Today is Thursday, March 25th, 2010, and this is Radio Wave. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and uh, over the course of the next hour, a friend of Medjugorje uh, will be speaking to us about the message that we received uh, earlier today through Maria. And for those of you who are joining us uh, for the first time, we welcome you to the broadcast. On the 25th of every month, uh, Maria, one of the six visionaries of Medjugorje, uh, goes before Our Lady, and Our Lady gives a message for the world, and that took place today. And so throughout the course of this broadcast, you'll hear references back to the message that was received uh, earlier today. And so as we begin this broadcast, we ask that you open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mary is our queen. We seek your authority over the world, over us. We've become, many of us, your possession through consecration to your Immaculate Heart and to your Son Jesus through the consecrating of our hearts to His. And so it is tonight that we have yet again your words for us making decisions about our life and direction and where we want to spend eternity by the way we live and the tests we have in this life. That that passing grade may bring us with you. We ask again tonight that you stand over us, protect us with your mantle, open our hearts and our ears to what it is that you wish for us to understand about your message. Our Lady Queen of Peace and Reconciliation. So yet again, another 25th is here and dwindling in the last few hours of the day. But with that, we have another message for not only this world, but even for eternity. One might say, well, is there going to be a need for these messages through eternity? Only in that you can have in this life the remembrance of what it happened to you or what elevated you toward holiness to help gain heaven or even a higher heavenly reward. It's not a matter of just going to heaven. Mariana, I think it was, told, was told once by a lady, you'll, you'll receive your heavenly reward once you get to heaven. So different people get different rewards. Different people get different places in heaven. I remember being uh, really not stunned, but in uh, awe of reading about a soul that one of the saints prayed for and was saved by no merits of their own. It was by the saints' prayers who prayed for them. And was praying for them, what does that mean? It means that you pray in their prayers, they should pray for them. 
so you can pray for them. And so what they should be doing, and you're kneeling down, and you're praying, you're saying those prayers. And on behalf of that, we have this remembrance of this one saint saying that she gained this individual into heaven, but that, that soul in heaven was really a, a soul who had no, not much merit except to be there. And I thought, well, if they're in heaven, how can they be completely happy? How can it be that they're going to be in heaven knowing that uh, they were almost dragged there and at the last minute had the grace for repentance, but they didn't spend their whole life, even though they went to purgatory and they were purified, knowing that nothing defiled is in the presence of God, yet they made it. And it described that they'll be as an ember that won't even be shining like many other people, but they'll be an ember. But their heaven for them will be that they know they didn't even deserve to be there. And so that really explained to me how somebody who, who, who did the work, like Mother Teresa, who's greatly exalted in heaven, who has all these souls in her crown and what she's done, and somebody who's just barely burning as a, as a coal, piece of coal of ember, how can they be really happy eternities that they, they got something that they didn't deserve? And of course, Mother Teresa doesn't deserve it. None of us deserve it. Jesus paid our price for all of us. But yet again, there's things in this life that we can gain more rewards and not that we're looking at our love of God. The church teaches two ways to make it to heaven. The love of God or the fear of hell. Both works. Which way do you want to go? And if you go by the love of God and you got a lot of good, you got your faith and good works, which many people criticize, Protestants especially, but what is faith without works? What is works without faith? With that in mind, we really want to Follow Our Lady and really gain as much as we can of wealth, spiritual wealth and, and sacrifice. And so this message really leads into those kinds of things and, and what we're about and what we're going to go through and, and our vocation. So Joan, why don't you go ahead and read today's message to the world. Our Lady, Queen of Peace, Medjugorje's March 25th, 2010 message. Dear children, also today, I desire to call you all to be strong in prayer and in the moments when trials attack you. Live your Christian vocation in joy and humility and witness to everyone. I am with you and I carry you all before my son Jesus, and he will be your strength and support. Thank you for having responded to my call. A beautiful message, and L.A. seems to be giving these messages seem like to be uh, so extremely mild, but at the same time not so detrimental. But yet, in here, there's two words, which I know everybody, uh, or a lot of people may have picked that up. It was the only second time she's ever said that in 20 years of apparitions, which is Christian vocation. If you remember the first time she used that message, she said that, um, well, actually, she, she mentioned, uh, I'm a Christian. Holy mortars died witnessing. And we have that message saying, I'm a Christian. What does that mean to be a Christian? Our Lady says this way, uh, the moments when trials attack you. Live your Christian vocation. We're supposed to really be able to follow that Christian vocation in such a way that it calculates out in our joy and humility witness. So many people convert, and they change, and you hear them say, uh, you know, they're still virulent toward other people. Yeah, I'll pray for you, but how are they praying for people? What are they saying? What, what's the thinking? Uh, 
some of the behavior of Christians is, is not what our lady is addressing here. You know, live Christian vocation. Live your Christian vocation. Enjoy humility and witness. Not to get back at somebody. I'm there, this and you're not that. You know, what about the spouse who's mad, mad with the other spouse and says, God, you know, I'm doing this. I'm going to Mass. I'm doing all the prayers. And you know, just, just take, take them when, when they go out in the car. Just, just take them to heaven, though. You know, take the life. I just can't bear them no more. You know, well, how are you praying? What are you praying? And so we have uh, often, and I've run across people that, you know, what, they, what they're really praying for, uh, the fact that they got to pray, and then what do they start praying for is it, is it really illicit prayers. And we've counseled people that we've heard that we, they, they say they, that God would take their spouse. You know, what, what kind of prayer is that? And what do you think is God saying? Because if you're the one living religiously, you're the one going to Mass, then you're more accountable. Well, your failures are maybe mild compared to your spouse's failures. And so we really need to think about the purity of our Christian vocation, the purity of our prayers. How are we praying? And so are we saying things so blatantly to God, while we might not see it that way, we've got words of the next psalm that shows you how blatant God may be hearing it, what you're really saying. Even though the words here are blatant, you might think you're not saying that in the same way, but are you? So it's really important that we understand what God asks for. I haven't been to church since I don't remember when Things were going great till they fell apart again So I listened to the preacher as he told me what to do He said you can't go hating others who have done wrong to you Sometimes we get angry but we must not condemn let the good Lord do his job and you just pray for them I pray your brakes go out running down a hill I pray a flower pot falls from a windowsill and knocks you in the head like I'd like to I pray your birthday comes and nobody calls I pray you're flying high when you're Stalls. I pray all your dreams never come true Just know wherever you are, honey, I pray for you I'm really glad I found my way to church Cause I'm already feeling better and I thank God for the words Yeah, I'm gonna take the high road and do what the preacher told me to do you keep messing up and i'll keep praying for you i pray your brakes go out running down a hill i pray a flower pot falls from a windowsill and knocks you in the head like i'd like to Go out running down a hill Pray a flower pot falls from a windowsill And knocks you in the head like I'd like to I pray your birthday comes and nobody comes 
Don't get any ideas. The song was not given to you to get ideas. The song was given to you to show you what God hears. You may be saying something completely different in your, your mind and your heart, but is your prayer illicit? How is God hearing it? I know when people say married couples come and get counseling sometimes from us or ask questions or write letters to us, uh, the, the, they're just sometimes so righteous, self-righteous, saying, I'm doing this, doing this, and doing this. And, and uh, really what I'm hearing is what the song's saying. You know, I'm praying for them. I'm praying for God to take them. I'm going to pray for them. Yeah, I'll pray for them. I, I hope they get what I get. I hope nobody comes to the birthday party or nobody calls them. And so, you know, you may not say those words, but what's in your heart? And, and uh, often we, we uh, say things that uh, I know I was in, in Medjugorje one time and, and uh, somebody did something really severe. We suffered a lot of persecution. And a friend of mine got in the car with me and he said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to kill him with love. And so... Uh, you know, I said that jokingly, and he, he just died laughing. But at the same time, this song really tells some truth about the Christian spirit. In some ways, uh, all the churchgoers, who, who are the worst? The heathens or the churchgoers? And in many cases, we are. And so this is a real eye-opening song in so many ways of where this, this applies in our life. Do we live that, even if we don't say the words? Because actions are more than important words, because that is your life. That's your words. That's what you speak. If St. Francis says, preach the gospel everywhere, if necessary, use words, he's meaning your actions. What are your actions? Are you praying this with your life? Oh, I'm so nice. You can, you can see people. You know, Joyce Myers, who's a Protestant minister, she talks about uh, the church face. You know, how she and her kids and her husband would go to church, and she was going to be pastoring, and she's got them, and she's screaming at them. She gets that car and just smiling and saying, hi, how you doing? Everybody's so nice, and, you know, God sees your prayer before that. So what is your prayer? And what are you saying? So Our Lady says today, also today, I desire to call you all to be strong in prayer in moments when trials attack you. Live your Christian vocation in joy and humility and witness to everyone. I am with you. I carry you all before my son Jesus, and he will be your strength and your support. An incredible message. A good message that you would give somebody walking into the Colosseum. What is she preparing us for? On well, the first thought, there's not a whole lot to, to think of this message, but in reflection, it does. November 25th, let's compare it to this message, 1997. Dear children, today I invite you to comprehend your Christian vocation. Little children, I led and I am leading you through this time of grace that you may become conscious of your Christian vocation. What does she mean? How is she defining this? What does Christian vocation mean? Who is she? How does she display this? She says this in the next sentence. Holy martyrs died witnessing. Whoa. Witness means what? Witness means to be martyred. Our Lady says, in joy and in humility and witness to everyone today. To be martyred. Martyred by how? The tracks, the, the trials that attack you. We're living in that kind of time, an incredible evil time. So our lady's not saying something so 
sweet and nice on the surface, or it appears that way on the surface, but when you penetrate, you see something different. When you compare it to what she says in the past, you see something different. She goes on and says, after Holy Martyrs died witnessing, she says in, defining Christian vocation, Holy Martyrs died witnesses, then she says, I am a Christian and love God over everything. Everything, even your own life, your own wants, your own desires, your own ways, other people's selfishness before yours, even if they're selfish, given to them. She goes on and says in the November 25th, 1997 message, Today, little children, today, also I invite you to rejoice and be joyful Christians, responsible and conscious that God called you in a special way to be joyfully extended hands toward those who do not believe, who martyred the early Christians. She's speaking in the context of who was the first Christian. Holy martyrs die witness, and I am a Christian. She lived 2,000 years ago. Who is persecuting them? Those who do not believe. She says, be extended hands to those who do not believe, and that through the example of your life, they may receive faith and love of God. Therefore, pray, pray, pray with your heart, that your heart may open and be sensitive to the word of God. We've lost the word of God. We're not sensitive to God's word today, but simply because we are so into our own life. We're not... And humility in these things. We're not following God in a way that we can say, I'm your son. I feel you as my father. Instead, we are in position to say, God, forgive me, or you're my judge. Like the March 18th message that lady just gave Mariana. March 18th, 2010. Pray that God may be their father, and not their judge. Talking about those who do not understand or want what it means to be loved. And so how many times are we in the same position? We're living now in a time where there's such division in, every, in everything. And, um, and the passions are rising in people because the differences are so far away from each other that it's hard to know sometimes how to live that Christian vocation in a way that won't compromise your beliefs and your principles, but at the same time will make an impact on the people around you that are often angry and upset and filled with anxiety to help them to um, feel that love of Christ. And uh, it's interesting that that Our Lady speaks these words even this week with the, the situation with the health bill that just got passed, um, when this has um, polarized so many people between you know those who believe that it's a good thing and those who believe that it's a very not just a bad thing, but an evil thing. Including, including the Medjugorje movement. Including people, our latest children, are polarized. One for, one against. Exactly. So... How do you live that Christian vocation in which you are in joy, that you are uh, have a, an attitude of humility, and you're and you're witnessing this, but at the same time you are sticking true to your beliefs and your principles, and not compromising those things that God has shown you. And Our Lady is saying in her messages, 
Well, it's real clear that you, you can't get into the issues. You can't get into whose party's right or who's what's f for, for this or for that. You have to really look at the principles. It's really easy to identify these things. If people are not approaching this, these situations, whatever in life as it may be, by biblical principles. They're approaching it by uh, party affiliation or, or by uh, political slants. It's not political to look at these things and say this is wrong. If it's against biblical principle, it's wrong. And that's how you approach it. You don't approach about this, this group said this and this group said that. We'll continue after the break. Undeniable. Unstoppable. No one on earth will escape it. Changing the course of history till the last man walks the earth. Never has the world seen before and once gone, never will they see again. Megagoria, the apparitions of the Virgin Mary, the Queen of Peace, the final call to conversion, and the last apparitions on earth. Megagoria, the fulfillment of all Marian apparitions, a booklet by a friend of Megagoria, available from Caritas of Birmingham. Order on medj.com, spelled mej.com and click on Medjmart or call in the U.S. 205-672-2000. Medjugorje, the fulfillment of all Marian apparitions. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Along these same lines, uh, there is this threat that's coming about um, hate speech legislation that's already happening in uh, European countries where uh, Christians are, are targeted in their standing up for the principles of Jesus, uh, that they are being labeled that this is hate. This is hate towards a group of people that believe in, in an opposite way. And so again, um, what's our responsibility in being living out the Christian vocation in joy, in humility, in witnessing to everyone, even though it risks sometimes our own personal safety or uh, our own personal liberties? Well, when you still have some degree of liberty, if you don't act on preserving that liberty, you lose all liberty, then you can't do anything but do what they did 2,000 years ago, be marched to the Coliseum. And we're approaching that. Uh, our, the, you know, let's go to the Bible where it says, toward the end times, or in the end, in the tribulation period, actually, uh, God limits it to three and a half years because even the elect, for the sake of the elect, because so many of them are being fooled, and we see this today. It's an incredible thing 
that people really don't know biblical principle. They don't know how to apply it to these issues to decide things and act like, well, that's politics because it's something to do with government or something to do with some kind of legislation, and we can't touch it. What are people complaining about? The loss of freedom, the loss of being able to make decisions in your own family, the loss of being able to take your kids at home. We have a family in Germany, I mean, from Germany right here in Tennessee, who seeking political asylum because Germany's arresting families and they, they got out of the, they, I think they went to another country from what I can remember. Then they came to the United States and they asked for political asylum. They won. They went to court and won. The immigration department is, is now coming down on them saying that against the judge even, saying that I'm going to try and apply international law above the United States law. United States law is superior to any international law. We have our own sovereignty. And so with the loss of our sovereignty, if we keep going that path, is the loss of individual sovereignty over your family, a father and mother over the children. They will take your children. Don't you see what's coming? People can't see this, and it just amazes me. The more you give to the government, the more they're going to take. They're godless. You put it within the framework of the church. It's the church who's supposed to be taking care of the poor, not the government. It's the church who's supposed to be taking care of the, the health problems if people can't make it, not the government. The church has a conscience, biblical principles, of which applies to that. That's why we see a lot of vestiges, and I say vestige, of convents and their, and their hospitals and what nuns started, who now are a lot of wacko. They just read about 500 nuns supported a lot of things for abortion. They've lost, they've lost what our lady said on May 2nd, 2009. You're permitting it to, well, let me back up. I, I already, for a long time, I've given you my motherly heart and offering my son to you. You are rejecting me. You are permitting sin to overcome you more and more. You're permitting it to master you and to take away your power of discernment. My poor children look around you and look at the signs of the times. Do you not, do you not think that you can do without God's blessing? Do not permit darkness to envelop you. These 500 nuns have darkness enveloping them. I don't care if they're nuns. A spade is a spade. Call it what it is. Are we so scared? Are we, are we so weak and, and with no strength that we have no support in our conviction that we can't stand up for our Christian vocation? Is that not being humble? Our lady just said, I am with you and I carry you all before my son Jesus. He will be your strength and your support. Jesus' word is that way. Be sensitive to his words. You can't have 500 nuns for, for abortion, supporting a bill that's got abortion in it. So where's our vocations? Where's our Christian vocations? What ha happens to it? Stupak, the, the, the uh, Democratic um, Michigan in the House, a congressman, he was asked... Uh, after being pro-life and then voting for this thing, which everybody knows what's going to happen. You can't make an executive order and take that out. It's against the law. It can't happen. Where's your power of discernment? Are you wanting something so much that you refuse to look and put your head in the sand like an ostrich? It's clear. It's black and white. It's not even gray. It's not about parties. It's not about political ideas. It's about the law, what just happened. Stupak traded out this whole thing. He boycotted everything he stood for. And he caved in knowing that what these people represent, what they're for, is everything what he portrayed and claimed he's for. So it all sounds real fishy. But he was asked, 
do you believe in the primacy of the Pope over in Rome? Because he's Catholic. You know, here it is. Live your Christian vocation. I just said that. Be strong. Be your, let Jesus be your strength. He will be your strength and your support. Why did he cave in to these people? Did he want to be respected by humans or from God? When these attacks came upon him to change his vote, he caved in. He should be childed. He should be childed by his bishop in a severe way. The church has excommunicated people. people. They've got the right to do this. It's there. Why don't we see this being exercised? It's not unhumble to do that. It's, it's the right thing to do. But he was just asked uh, yesterday, do you believe in the primacy of the Pope over in Rome? He answers, do I believe in the primacy? Can you explain to me? Well, considering the Vatican have in terms of the Catholic religion, then he interrupts with his answer, Stupak does, and he says, the Pope and the Catholic faith does not control Catholic legislators. What? What is he talking about? This is a Catholic, a prominent Catholic. A Catholic supposedly living his Christian vocations. Don't tell me you can't sit there and condemn people's actions. You can do that. You can't condemn their soul. Only God can judge that. But his actions, what he did, why do we convict a murderer? Are you condemning a murderer? Are you on the jury going to condemn him as guilty? That's in this life you're doing that. You're not, you're not judging it so. Where's your discernment? We've lost this, so we're scared to even make any statements about anything. Everybody's gutless, clueless, with no courage, no Christian conviction. They're not living it, so they're scared to plan on somebody else that's not living it also. Well, I've done that. It don't matter what I've done. I fail. I'm a sinner. But I believe. I believe when I break a commandment, I break a commandment. And I confess that. But he's sitting there saying, the church, the Pope, the Catholic faith does not control, quote, quote, this is a quote, does not control Catholic legislators. If I was a legislator, if you're a legislator, you cannot vote for something that's got abortion. You cannot vote for something that is against natural law, abominable marriages. You can't vote for that. Because if you do, you say, I believe in that. The law of man is not above the law of God. Pope Benedict has said, you are to defy the law. You don't have to obey this law. In fact, he said, you don't have to just not obey it. You're obliged to defy it. You have to defy it as a Catholic and as a Christian, all Christians, not just Catholics. He said, after saying there's no control by the, the you know, he's right in this sense. Let me, let me give this, his, defend him in this sense. If he's voting for uh, something for state funding or something for the highways, yeah, the Pope has no jurisdiction over that. But the Pope don't claim any jurisdiction over that. The Pope doesn't have any, the Catholic faith doesn't have any control over that because the Catholic faith doesn't exercise any control over that. The Catholic faith, faith controls, or, and the word control is not even the right word to say. The Catholic first faith's principles is that you, you live by the dogmas of the church, the canon laws of the church, the teachings of the church, the commandments, and and acknowledge those things, and in submission to the Holy Father. I, I, I've said things that I don't agree with, but some of the bishops might do. That's, that's some of the actions. But anything the magisterium is speaking as dogma, that I'm 100% obedient. Or I shouldn't be Catholic. I should be kicked out. 
You know, where are we? Why not blow? We're not a rotary club. You can just come and say what I want to believe. I'm Catholic because I love my faith. I want to be obedient to my faith. At the same time, there's a lot of things that need to be corrected in the, in the church. But what he's doing is not trying to correct something. He's defying something. He says we must vote reflective. This is after, let me say the whole thing. The Pope and the Catholic faith does not control Catholic legislators. We must vote reflective of our districts and our beliefs. What in the world is that? Somebody call his bishop and tell him, get rid of this guy. Get him out of the faith. Go join somebody else, a Herakishras or whoever you want to, if you want to believe this kind of stuff. Get out of the church. Paul did that. If one among you, kick them out. Get them away from you. Why? Because they changed the direction of the church. And, and people who are twisted by this say, oh, well, okay, I think, you know, he's, he's Catholic. That, that don't mean anything. You've got to live Catholic. You've got to live the Christian life. Our Lady just says that. Call you to be strong, not weak, strong in prayer in the moments when trials attack you. That's what happened to him. They pressured him, pressured him, pressured him. You want to get reelected? You better change your vote. And live, L.A. says, live your Christian vocation. And so, you know, what he went through is nothing. If he can't live up to that, what can you do? People, people think all this stuff is so big a deal. It ain't nothing to stand up to, to a president. Peter and Paul did that. Where are the Christians that's willing to stand up and say, I don't care what you think. I don't care if I lose this office. I don't care about my position. You've got people that are so in deep depression that they're losing their life over it through, through despair because they're getting the house foreclosed. This is many times their own fault. But to, but to lose your life or take it just because you lose your house? This ain't nothing. It ain't nothing. We need to realize what is important in life. What are those things that mean something? What is a real loss? What we're losing today is ain't nothing. He was standing in the rubble of an old farmhouse outside Birmingham. Some on the scene reporter Stuck a camera in the face of that old man He said, tell the folks please, mister What are you gonna do Now that this twister Has taken all this dare to you The old man just smiled and said, boy, let me tell you something this ain't nothing He said I lost my daddy When I was eight years old I came in at the Kincaid mine Left a big old hole And I lost my baby brother My best friend in my left hand In a no-win situation In a place gone Vietnam If you're waiting here for me to cry 
hate to disappoint you, boy, but I won't. Then he reached down in the rubble and picked up a photograph. Wiped the dirt off of it with the hand that he still had. He put it to his lips and he said, man, she was something. But this ain't nothing. He said, I lost my daddy when I was eight years old. That came in at the Ken Gate Mine, left a big old home. And I lost my baby brother, my best friend in my left hand. In a no-win situation, in a place called Vietnam. And last year, my love and wife For 50 years West wind died We were holding hands When her heart of gold Stopped pumping So this ain't nothing He said this ain't nothing Time won't erase And this ain't nothing Money can't replace Everything our lady's asking of us to do now in this life, all the attack, the trials, the suffering, the difficulties, carrying out a Christian vocation, all these things, when you get to heaven, you're going to look back and say, that wasn't nothing. Nothing. I can't believe it. And how many ain't nothings you didn't put up with because you thought it was something? So this is a call message today to what's really important in life. Well, what's really important in life is your Christian vocation. Now, we've spoken a lot, uh, or you've spoken a lot over the last uh, 40 minutes or so of the broadcast that you've mentioned. You've spoken about Christian vocation. You've spoken about humility and witnessing and martyrdom and, and all of the things that we are accustomed to hearing about our Christian vocation. And we, we have seen just through the correspondence of what people send to us that a lot of people are held back by fear. And with, particularly with... Um, our Christian vocation and with martyrdom, you often hear the term about turning the other cheek. And, but it sounds like what, from what you're saying that there's also times when you don't turn the other cheek, that there's times when uh, there's a time to turn the other cheek uh, in your Christian vocation, but there's a time when you don't do that. Is that true? Yeah, Ecclesiastes, he says this. There's a time to sow, there's a time to reap. There's a time for war, there's a time for peace. I'm talking about war right now. I'm talking first war with myself. I need to convert. I need to change. I need to conquer everything in me that's away from God and get union with God. And recognize my surroundings and see the signs of the times that this country still has liberty. And it's being taken away. And if you, talk down, if you take down this country and its liberty, the rest of the world's going to lose it. So there's a battle. There's a battle over this country, the United States, because it's a battle over the world. How do we know? Because I lady said that August 2nd, 1981. A great struggle is about to unfold between my son and Satan, 
human souls are at stake. What does that mean? It means just a soul? No, you get the soul by the environment. What's the environment? An uncensored society. Everything goes. Every pleasure is entertained. Everything happens. Whatever it is you want, you get. Exceedingly sin in so many refined ways that we never had before. Our Lady actually has allowed us to use things even like this radio program now and doing methods of evangelization to reach souls that never before, and some people think improper, because Satan totally dominates this. We have to take some of this territory and use it. And so, to answer your question fully, what do we do when we go back on the times when we have the situation existing when we lose all our liberty? Right now we can fight for it, and we've got a right to. We've got a right for the founding of this country and revolt against it. The standards and the principles of which they revolted for to start this country, birth it, write the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, is far less in, grav- in, in graveness as, this, as the things that's happening to us now. We're talking about the abolition of, of babies in the womb, of, of abominable marriages. I mean, these principles, these, these violations are so much greater than them, so we can't rebirth the nation through the same thing? I tell you, if we don't do it, if we don't wake up, we don't get together on this, then we've got to turn the other cheek. Now, I'm not saying to go against the principles of turn the other cheek. We do this. We do this every time we went to the battle. But while our men laid down on the fields, while our men were still dead on the field, we went in to, to rebuild the nations that attacked us. Japan, Germany. We didn't bury our dead yet. We never made provinces of that. And so that's not turning the other, that's turning the other cheek. We forgot what they did and we came in there. That's, that's, they, we fought them. But we did that. We need to understand this. It's part of the path. It's part of the way. So there's a time for peace. There's a time for war. We need time for revolution. The Holy Queen, Mother of Jesus, Spouse of the Holy Spirit, Queen of Nations, Queen of all hearts, the Woman of Revelation, the Queen of Peace, asks you to spread her call to the ends of the earth. Medjugorje.com A tool for you to spread Our Lady's way of life and change the world. Medjugorje.com Brought to you by Caritas of Birmingham. Spread to all your family and friends. Medjugorje.com From Caritas of Birmingham. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. I was in Steubenville one time having uh, lunch with Father Scanlon. And of course, Father Scanlon was a Franciscan who uh, 
was given the job to go in Steubenville and straighten it out. And it was named uh, back in the, I guess, the 70s, uh, the number one play, uh, Playboy magazine, the number one ma uh, Playboy college in the, in the United States of America, our Catholic college. He came down there, and he had this whole battle of trying to straighten this out. The students, they had co-ed dorms. He was going to break them up. They were going to riot. He called an assembly for, for everybody to come together, and they didn't know what was going to happen. And he let the, he let the bombshell down on them. He said, we're not going to have co-ed dorms. We're going to do this. And they, they didn't know what was going to happen. It was bad. It was a war. It was a battle. While we were having lunch together, he told me of a story he put in his book. He said that once he was flying with somebody, and they were um, the the plane's engine. I think I can't remember. I think the engine went dead, and they started spiraling straight down. They wasn't gliding; they were going straight down to the earth. And he remembered the last moments of his life, and he was thinking about this. And and uh, anyway, at the last moment, he, he was saved, and he made him really reflect on what's important in life. What's what's going to happen in life? And he remembered thinking that when he gets to heaven, what are you going to be talking about up there when you really die? He said, what you're going to do is be down there telling war stories. You're going to be talking about what it was like uh, back then. And Our Lady is saying this today. You know, you be strong in your prayer for the moment when you're attacked by trials. And all these things, these are your badges in heaven. You're going to be having war stories. You're going to say, remember, well, you should have seen it when I was there. In other words, you should have seen it when it's in color. You know, the, the cooperators of an event, those who take part in it can explain it, but it can never be, I can never feel what he felt in that plane going down. I can never feel what he felt personally standing in front of the assembly and the college being destroyed. And by the way, it turned out to be the number one college, and he's got a very, very good reputation now for really promoting Catholicism. And so, you know, he won this battle. And so his whole gist was that in heaven you're going to be talking about these, these battles. So stand up for your Christian vocation. It means something. You know, if you don't have the strength, Jesus will give you the strength and the support. And when we get to heaven, we look back, you can tell the other people with you, you should have seen it in color. You should have seen what took place. You should have been there and seen that. I said, Grandpa, what's this picture here? It's all black and white And it ain't real clear Is that you there? He said, yeah, I was a lover and Times were tough back in 35 That's me and Uncle Joe Just trying to survive a cotton farm In a Great Depression if it looks like we were scared to death Like a couple of kids just trying to save each other You should have seen it in color Oh, and this one here was taken overseas In the middle of hell in 1943 Almost see my breath. That was my tail gunner, old Johnny McGee. He was a high school teacher from New Orleans, and he had my back right through the day we left. If it looks like we were scared to death, like a 
couple of kids just trying to save each other You should have seen it in color Martyrs died witness, and I am a Christian, our lady says. I feel good when I stand up for my Christian vocation, or when I see something, I have to stand up against somebody that says something or 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 possesses the wrong thought, uh, even if they're pagan. And so, how long and how many stories? What do you think Medjugorje is about? Can you imagine when you go through this movement and years from now, decades from now? What are you going to tell your children's children? What are you going to say? What kind of battles are you winning? And it's not a matter of conquering. It's a matter of through joy and humility and witness of conquering their souls and bringing them to God. Our, our mission has a big track record of that. Through God's grace, by the love of Our Lady, we're very strong, but we love everybody. We love people who are bent on sin and yet they want to repent and show them how to do that. We're not on those who are defiant in God's face. We show them love, but we're firm with them. And we brought even those through God's grace to Our Lady. 
We've got some remarkable conversions through our mission. And not just one or twos. Many, many, countless. We counted up a couple of three years ago how many priests have become through, directly through our mission. There's about 40 priests or, or priests through this mission. You know, we, we've, we've, it's too long to go into. We're coming to the close of our show. But at the same time, there's so much in your Christian vocation you're going to wish you had. But Medjugorje is preparing the world for a moment that is without an example of God's actions in the history of the world. Do you understand that? We've got three secrets and other tribulations coming that has never happened. We, won't ha we don't have any precedent examples for that. It's interesting, thunder, lightning is striking right now. You can hear it through the studio. But, but the, the, it's an incredible thing. Do you imagine what, what you'll be saying? You, you, you'll be able to tell your great-grandchildren, you should have seen it in color. So when you suffer, there's, it's just like going through war. And there's those times to turn a cheek. There's the times to stand up and be firm and then be forgiving and turn a cheek then. But straighten things out. And we're in a stand-up time. I mean, clearly a stand-up time. And uh, it's interesting that a friend of Medjugorje mentions this. Uh, of course, we are running, are running out of time in the broadcast. But uh, for those of you that have um, supported um, this mission, and particularly Medjugorje.com, uh, those of you that are core group members, first of all, we offer you our prayers, uh, and we bring you before Our Lady in a special way, um, because on behalf of all the souls that will be touched uh, and that are, will be converted in the future uh, through the events that will take place and that will be um, written about on the site, uh, just Medjugorje.com has already been uh, responsible for uh, so many conversions, and of course that happens by grace, that happens through uh, our labor with your giving and Our Lady's blessing uh, that takes place. And so perhaps maybe a friend of Medjugorje could just very briefly, before we have to uh, leave the show, um, mention a little bit about those of you that have not given yet and have made the commitment to become a corporate member. Well, my preference is always to give you something as far as the message. Uh, we don't ever have to charge for that. But there's cost involved with us being here and be able to speak freely about the message. The most unpleasant side is raising funds. But the quicker we raise the funds and reach our goals, the quicker we can get away from that, which is what we want to do. And we've got some multiple layers going, things going on right now. We've got a big expansion with the Tabernacle for Ladies' Messages, which is called the retooling. That's on Caritas' side. We've got field angels who support the mission and the core people who really run Caritas as far as financing, or rather field angels. And then we've got the core group who runs Medjugorje.com. And so without you, it's very simple. It won't be here. Don't take it for granted. It's going to be here. So I prefer to think more of giving you meat, and I'd like to close with that. That's all i got to say, really. But the, the things I'd like to tell you is, is just reflecting before we uh, leave you tonight is, is every day when we go to the rosary, we go down a rosary trail from our house where Maria had her apparitions. We'd walk from our house to the field. Down this rosary trail is our cemetery, our family cemetery. And walking there, uh, we pray every day when we come back on the way back three Hail Marys to one of our sons we lost in the, my wife lost in the womb, John Jacob. So now we've got several people buried there in our cemetery, and it's a beautiful thing. It's, it's, it's uh, my daughter who never knew her older brother says his name every day. John Jacob, pray for us at the end of these prayers. And it keeps him alive. And so there's a seamless world we have between heaven and earth. And we need to realize that, that 
Our Lady is really speaking in this term. She's, she's so close to us. I mean, there's seamless when she comes down to the earth, and she's speaking words of the earth, words of heaven. She's telling us, in the moment of your trials attack you, live your Christian vocation and join humility and witness to everyone. I am with you. So heaven is with us. And I often think and see that if my wife was to go first, I'd still be with her. Every day I'd be praying at the grave or vice versa. As for me, what I would do, I would never remarry. Why would I want that? If you really believe that you have a spouse, it's not even it's not even in the cards for me. It's that I will be able to have a conversation with her every day, just like on the telephone. You know, I could call her from heaven, or I could call her from earth to heaven, and discuss things, talk every day with her. And we've forgotten this. Our Lady said she wants us to pray for the loved ones. She actually said something so remarkable that we need to repeat if you've not heard it before. But if you've heard it before, it's still remarkable. That when you pray for people or pray to people, they actually see you on earth. You can invite that person into your family reunions. Or kneeling at the grave, you can be on, on your knees praying to that person. And that person is given the grace to see you praying at that moment. Can you imagine that? So I could be there praying with my wife. I could be there in conversation with her. I could be there talking to her. Our Lady is teaching us so many beautiful things that even you can pray one back from heaven and be in union with them and help you on the earth. God only knows 
that's wrong So pray me back home So it is Our Lady gives us everything we need to make a connection from heaven to earth. Today your world may change. Tomorrow your world may change. You may lose somebody. You may lose your house, but that ain't nothing. If you lose your soul, that's something. If your spouse or your children lose their soul, that's something. But whatever disaster hits you, whatever persecution, it ain't nothing. What counts is those things that are something. And that's what Our Lady is coming to teach us. So we're supposed to be learning today from our messages that Jesus will be your strength and support. All you have to do is call him from heaven. Phone him. He's there. Good night. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you.